0: You are listening to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast aimed at delivering insights to help your family business thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and each week I'll be bringing you interviews from family businesses and their advisors from all over the world. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined today by Maria Vilax from PwC. I'll let Maria introduce herself properly in a minute, but I heard her speak at an event that I went to and thought this would be an ideal topic for um, the Family Business Podcast. So what we're going to be talking about today is the role of the responsible family member. Now, that might sound a little bit um, vague, but what we mean by that is when you're growing up in a f- with a family business around you, you can often feel like you're obliged to work within the business, or you may feel that it's you want nothing to do with it, um, but there's often not a, an understanding of a happy medium, and Maria has achieved that happy medium, so um, I thought it'd be really good to get her on to talk about that. So, firstly, hello and welcome, Maria.
1: Hi, Ross, Thank you so much for having me.
0: No worries. Um... So yeah, I think if we if we get sort of straight into your story, uh, and if you can explain your background, how you got here today, I don't mean on the Absolutely. tube, but you know, um, how you came to be working where you are, and, and we can go from there.
1: So I'm Portuguese, I uh, was a lawyer for five years, and then I had this idea that I wanted to change industries and go into fashion, so came to England to study my MBA, then was a year in fashion wasn't too happy about it mm-hmm. and for the second time in my life I was thinking okay what do I do now and it just it just dawned on me having 30 years of experience of <laughs> belonging to a family business I just thought well let me leverage on what I know about that and it went really really well so I've been at PwC for a year mm-hmm. um, I do family business consulting and I really really found my place I I I mean, it took me 10 years Mm -hmm. to find what I really, really wanted to do, and this is it.
0: Mm. And so, we can deduct from that that working within your family business wasn't something that you felt you really wanted to do. Was that something you knew from an early age?
1: Um, There's not a very black and white answer to it. Um, In my family, can I just, so a a bit of the family business. So it started in 1959. My grandfather was a Hungarian refugee and he came to Portugal after World War II where he met my grandmother and he was the brilliant scientist and my grandmother was the very organized one that did all the admin. Uh-huh. And so they were they were definitely the dream team. And so my, my father and my uncles, they grew up with... Uh, kind of like some spillages and some explosions in the basement because the business started in the basement of their house. And then it started growing and growing and growing and nowadays it's a global business with um, R&D centers and factories pretty much all around the world. So it's it's been very, very successful. It still is 100% uh, family owned and family managed. Uh, but there is this uh, obviously this huge pride of this legacy and of this heritage. So back to your question about when, why did I didn't decide to, to go into the family business? Um, we have very very specific rules mm-hmm. for someone from the family to come into the business. So we have to have outside, ex- outside experience for five years. We have to speak three languages, and we have to have a university degree. Wow. So right after university, I didn't qualify, Mm -hmm. so I had to go, and my father always told me we have to refresh knowledge if we want to keep being innovative and Mm at the edge. And so having studied law, well, there I went. I went to be a lawyer. And it was after those five years, I I was ready to go into, well, I, I did qualify based on the rules. But pharmaceuticals. I mean, I'm, I'm a philosopher. I'm an artist. I'm a, li- a linguist. I cannot put two into two to together to save my life. <laughs> so I kind of figured out very early on that while the business is very, very big and very diverse, its core is not really something that I was ever good at mm-hmm. or interested in. And while I do have an immense pride and you know a huge love for this enterprise, it started to dawn on me that, okay, my skills are these, so what can I do with those skills Uh that will help the family or the business in a way that I can can be best at? Uh And so I started thinking that I would be eventually a lawyer. Well, I could help the business by being a lawyer, but when I started not really enjoying my work as a lawyer, I you know, started to develop this uh, desire fulfillment in other areas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I kept on going and going and going up until the point where I finally figured out that I can help my family uh, being cohesive and laying out the foundations of a business that will last through generations instead of becoming very technically competent as a lawyer or as a chemist. That will never happen.
0: Yeah, okay. So, you're involved in the family business?
1: I am involved in the family governance. Okay. So, the family governance is all that happens in the background to make sure that the family is communicating well, that the family bonds, that the family gets together, and that all the voices are heard. Uh So... I don't know if you're familiar with the concepts of, for instance, a family council or a family assembly Mm -hmm. or a family constitution, so my family has all of that. And recently, there has been this initiative of uh, starting to involve the third generation, which is me, Mm -hmm. and my uh, cousins and siblings, into the business through workshops, through discussing uh, business cases, stories of other family businesses. And to start raising that awareness of, you don't. You really don't necessarily need have to go into the business in order to make yourself useful uh-huh. to it. And I always say, just use your skills to the best. Just put them where they are needed best. Uh-huh. Mine would never be as a as a scientist or as a chemist, but I am. I I can. I'm good at facilitating conversations and communication. So that's where I went
0: excellent and that decision so obviously you had the sort of qualifying criteria and you went away to university you did the law degree you got that kind of five years um, experience was there a conversation point or or a point in time where you, you had to say to the family I'm not going to be doing this but I'd like to do this and if so how much of a challenge was that
1: um, so, my, in my family, n- no one has ever told us, you have to go into the business, or you you can't go into the business. Mm-hmm. It was never, it was very much focused on, first, do whatever you want to do, become very, very good at what you do, so good that we cannot ignore you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, well, I, I do have to say that when I decided to quit law, to go into fashion, my father was quite alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I was very lucky in a way that I, I could really transmit that I needed to go after this. And I do believe that if you're doing something that you enjoy, you can become very good at it. Yes. And I knew that law was not for me, so I needed to carry on searching and going through things. And, you know, even when law didn't work out, because Sadly, all the cliches are true when people are not very nice in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was very, very happy to find. You know, it took me ten years to mm. to find that out. So I was incredibly happy to finally find my place. And. It's such a good place that now my family is very happy for me as well and my father is no longer concerned. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So that's almost as a result of the um, criteria that that needs to be met, has set you up and, and allowed you to go and explore what will make you happy. Rather than not having any barriers to entry to go into the family business, it would be tempting for for some to just think, well, I, I may as well. That there's there's no point in, in anything else, Because I can just go into the family business. Whereas having those rules in place meant you had to go and explore, which has led you to this to, to where you are now. So, it's a positive thing in in both senses. Isn't
1: it? I was, it's it's incredible. Um, I always say it was a very long journey, and I I did thought. That it was very, it was nearly impossible to find a job that you actually love. Mm -hmm. I was always so jealous of those people. For instance, my sister. My sister, she always knew since she was a little girl where she was going, with whom, at what time she was coming back, and Mm -hmm. how she was going there. And I never really knew. Mm -hmm. So, um, finally getting into a place where my, my abilities and my capabilities are helping out the family and consequently the business, but in a way that is maximizing what I'm doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: is a fantastic feeling. And you know what? A relief. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a really big relief.
0: Absolutely. And so so your day-to-day role now with with PwC is the the family business consultancy side. So you're going into other businesses and and talking them through the issues that they're having and and using that experience. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Um, So growing up in a family business um, showed me that it's such a peculiar environment. We grow up tied in with such familial values and such a, a pride in heritage in your history. And for family businesses, that continuity is one of the main objectives. So, you know, in businesses, you have a concept of uh, ownership. In family businesses, is a concept of stewardship mm-hmm. because you have to take care of the business and pass it on and leave it better than what you received. So I love... I loved growing up like that. Like that, and now when we when we go into a, a family and help them come together and establish uh, rules of interaction between the family and the business, and we lay out and map. Uh, what are the differences? Where the people align? What needs to be done to to be more um, t- for the family to be more co- cohesive? We are therefore enabling them to go on from generation to generation, through generation, mm-hmm. and I I really find out I find out deeply, deeply fulfilling. Because mm-hmm.
0: there's the the old um, adage in it, sort of the three generation rule. It's kind of rags to riches in in inter- oh, yeah. generations. And your family business is an example of that not being the case. Because from starting in your grandfather's basement in 1959, did you say, to to where you are today, it is a huge success story. And I'm interested in that that's not a huge amount of time to have gone from a basement to now a global organisation. At what stage did the family governance and the, the family council's Become introduced was was it when your father came into the business?
1: Um, so when my grandfather started to uh, get, he, lose his health, if right. we can put put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was around twenty eighteen years ago, and because he had created this this business and he really wanted it to carry on, he thought to himself, well. I kind of have to lay out some ground rules for the next generations to figure out where they're going and how they're getting there. So he sat down with my grandmother and my father and they drafted what we call the family protocol.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think this was drafted in 2000, so you know, nearly 20 years ago. And it was a time where family governance was not a known term. Mm-hmm. So I find quite extraordinary that he had such a vision. Um, so we he set up the family protocol that elaborates the ground rules, the the rules for the family, the, the the rules that the family need to carry on to, in the values that he set out, and then all of the family bodies. How do they regulate? How do they interact? What do they decide on? So it's very very structured, um, and it's very clear and. What are the expectations of owners' family towards the business? Mm-hmm. So then we also established a family council where my grandmother and her four children are a part of. And now slowly, slowly, we're involving the third generation into becoming aware of what business, family, business mean, of what our family our family enterprise is, and cultivating that interest that will one day allow us to be responsible shareholders. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily have to go into the business and be the CEO. You can have an equally important role by understanding and giving the board a sense of direction for Mm -hmm. them to do commercially sound decisions.
0: Yeah. Okay. And at what age... You're talking about the third generation sort of going through that journey at the moment. What age uh, do, do people generally start that sort of um, education, I guess?
1: Well, it really depends. Um, it depends of the awareness. You know, some I sometimes speak families and... They don't have that awareness that they are very, very different from a non-family business. So it really is about creating that knowledge of what are the specificities and what are the challenges that we're typically typically going to run into, mm-hmm. such as transitioning. So succession planning is a huge, huge um, you know, topic yes. in family businesses. So choosing who is going to take the, the company forward. Are we keeping the family involved? Are we hiring uh, external professionals? Uh, are we doing a mixed team? So becoming aware of those uh, peculiarities of family business can happen at pretty much every, at all times. Mm-hmm. But I do think that when you're around 15, 16, 17, 17 is the ideal time to stop making the next generation aware of what is coming in the future.
0: And those ground rules, um, I've heard um, success stories from, from both sides where there are ground rules, where you have to go off and get outside experience and, and perhaps qualifications. And then there's other stories we hear of um, businesses who don't insist on that, and the next generation come through and, and flourish as well. It, do, do you think it's dependent on size of business, or is it down to the individual personalities w- within that business as to, to whether those ground rules add value?
1: Um, that's actually a really good question, because you're absolutely right. Uh, there are uh, success stories on both sides family businesses are, are you know it's they're so different from each other mm. and they're such a reflection of, reflection of the family that i don't think it w- it, it will depend on size or, it will depend on innovation so it, there are businesses that 100% depend depend on innovation and constantly reinvent reinvent themselves mm-hmm. so i do think that in that particular case it is very very important to have as i said a constant Uh, renovation of knowledge and fresh input and fresh perspectives when you have businesses where I mean we we both know that innovation is crucial in every business but some industries are more driven by innovation than others so I do think that in businesses where innovation is not such a crucial crucial fundamental element then maybe it's where you have those success stories mm. of uh, the next generation coming in straight into the business, and yeah. you know, to each their own. Mm. And it, it, sometimes it works like yeah. this, and sometimes it works like that.
0: Yeah. So get okay, if we take the example of say, a. a Family bakery, for example, who have got knowledge in in the um, owner's um, head that can be passed down to the I might be doing bakeries a disservice. I don't think there's a huge amount of innovation ha- happening. That where might be new techniques, there might be new sort of equipment, but but in the chemical and pharmaceutical world, it's very fast paced in terms yes, of, of the innovations. So. We
1: have to. to keep really on the edge of anything but actually it's funny funny that you mentioned bakeries I actually do know a bakery Ah, a family business very very successful and yes all of the children went straight into the business but the funny thing is they all had huge aspirations in modernizing the business okay so you know you, you you really can find that balance in between a next generation that goes straight in after university, but they are so aware of what is going on in, in the world. And they have this freshness of mm-hmm. young people and want to bring new ideas and new ways of doing things. So it, really, it can really work, work out as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh, I guess yeah. the, um, w- one of the keys to, to the success of what you're doing is the ability to balance your day job, shall we call it, with, with PwC and the um, family business, the role you play within that, is there, or has there ever been a conflict there? And how do you manage your time to make sure that you're doing both well?
1: Um, There has, if no conflict whatsoever, if if anything, they completely tie in and feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sometimes have to go back home and uh, there's the company day in September and I'm going, I'm actually going to um, several meetings next week as well. But uh, I'm very, very fortunate that my boss, you know, being exactly in the midst, she completely understands and, you know, either I take holidays or, so it it works absolutely perfectly.
0: Okay. Um, And just in terms of people who are listening to this, you might be thinking, I'm in a similar position, I'm not sure whether my passion is the family business, but I don't really know what my passion is. Have you got any tips for them that that they might be able to follow a a similar route and and find their passion and what makes them happy?
1: Keep going, keep trying to find what you're extraordinary at it because then the family or the business will will not be able to ignore you. Mm -hmm and therefore you will ensure that you're serving and fulfilling your, your duty as a family member in the best possible way.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Um, and in terms of people finding out more about you and getting in touch, if they want to get in touch, how would they go about doing that?
1: Uh, my LinkedIn profile is up, mm-hmm. I have my email there and I'm very good and very quick at responding to messages. Okay. So. And any comments, feedback, questions are very, very welcome. Okay.
0: Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you, Ross. Cheers. Have a good day.
0: That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to leave us a review, please feel free to do so on iTunes. Or if you want to get in touch, you can find out more information at www.fambizpodcast.com. We'll see you again soon.